Welcome to the Marriage Steps Podcast, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for your marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. Today, we have a special program. I'm interviewing Mike and Don. They're listeners to the Marriage Steps podcast, and we're just going to go through a few questions for them, see what their experience has been like, and see how it's impacted their relationship. So welcome, uh, Don and Mike. Nice to have you guys with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So where are you guys uh, listening from? Where do you guys live? We live in uh, bright, sunny, warm San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Yeah. What's the temperature there today? Uh, Mid-70s. Sun is out. I mean, we're like, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. It's fantastic. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. And you probably don't get snow there, do you, in San Antonio? Three years ago today, we did. Okay. (laughs) We got some snow. Two two inches of snow. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know if you know this, but I used to live in Tyler, Texas. No, didn't know that. Yeah, many no, years what, ago. My dad's in the Northeast. Okay. Yeah. My dad still lives in Tyler and my mother in law lives in Houston. And so I, I consider myself part Texan and part Coloradoan. <laughs> yeah. And I've been to San Antonio just one time and it was in high school. And I remember we did some type of field trip and I remember the river walk. That's everybody loves the river walk. And do you still say y'all? That's the sometimes, big. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. You are a Texan then. <laughs> are you guys natives, or were you born and raised in San Antonio? I was born and raised here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both born of you. Raised. Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, question number one. Let's dig in. So, how did you guys meet, and how long have you been together? I'll let Mike answer that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we met. We were eighteen years old, respectively. Um, we worked together at. Home Depot here in town. Uh, I transferred to that store. Um, That was, oh geez, 22 years ago. And I remember it very clearly. Uh, My buddy was walking me around. I was new to the store and I see my wife and she was just a friend then. She's bent underneath the register doing what she does, cleaning and organizing because that's what she does. And she popped up because they wanted to introduce me. And I just remember, oh man, you know, I looked at her and I was shocked, like, wow, because she looked exactly like this when she was 18, just beautiful. And I said, oh, geez, what kind of guy is with a girl like this? And 22 years later, I have the answer, this kind of guy. Um, and have, so, you, have you heard the joke of how they developed the word woman? It's when no. it's when the guy first saw the woman and he goes, whoa, man. <laughs> yeah, that, it stuck. It stuck. <laughs> <laughs> that that was definitely me. So yeah, yeah the rest is history. We, we were young kids, and uh, man, we have just go- grown up together. Yeah. Yeah. So so young. So you guys met eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And then um, nineteen twenty, respectively, um, we got married and um, jumped right into parenthood. So we were very young. Yeah. Okay. And so, how long have you guys been together now? Oof, we're going on 21 years married, and we've probably been together 22 years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So pretty long, long-term long relationship there. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. 
it's almost identical to my wife and I, because we got married, I was 23, she was 21. And so we've been married, we got married in 1999. So 21 years for us. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, likewise. Okay, number two. So what are some of the best advice you've received about marriage? Um, well, one thing we did want to point out was just we didn't really receive any uh, good marital advice. And so a lot of marital advice we received has been through our own self-learning, through reading podcasts. And so um, one big thing I, I would say that um, is good advice is to not forget about your spouse while you're raising children or building careers. Um, I am guilty of doing that, spending a lot of time with the kids, sport, you know, busying your schedule with sporting events, um, PTA, all the, the things that get you away from your spouse and your home. And, you know, it, it causes division in the house when all your attention and time is to the kids and then you don't have anything left to give to your spouse. Yeah. Um, another thing is, you know, you hear stories of people who are married for 40 years or 30 years and then they divorce and it always makes you wonder how, how does that happen? And it happens just like that. You know, you, you grow apart. You don't pay attention to your, your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I've heard so many partners say it's okay that my marriage takes a back seat right now because we're raising kids. Yeah. Right? Then usually, not the truth. Yeah. But then usually because of that, the marriage isn't around after the kids move out. Yeah. And, and it's not intentional. It could just kind of sneaks up on you. you just sure. keep doing it. I, I know my mindset at that time looking back was, you know, my husband's an adult and he can take care of himself and the kids can't. And um, yeah. I, would, I would do things totally different. And so for my friends that I see do those things, I have to, you know, say, don't, don't do those things. Don't forget about your husband. And you're mirroring a, um, you know, what you want, how you want your kids to be. You don't want them to ignore their spouses when sure. they get into that kind of relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Super good. What about you, Mike? Um, so I agreed when we saw the list of questions and we got to this one, my wife says, so what would you say? And I said, the best marital advice I got, um, and it sounds bizarre, was not getting any. So um, at this point in my life, when, okay, you know, things happened, I was completely, I was an open book. I had no preconceived notions. I had no, um, you know, things that I felt like I had to live by with my family. There was nothing there. It was generational brokenness and hurt that had been transferred over to me. So I was, I was completely open, like, um, you know, teach me. I was willing to learn. I had nothing uh, to draw from. And for that, in hindsight, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I was very, very grateful that um, I was so open and willing to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is an interesting question I always like to ask couples. So how many months or years did you guys go through education slash training for your vocation? Oh, for our current jobs. <laughs> yeah, your careers. Like how, how much training have you gone through? We did a lot of training for that. And in relationships and marriage, there's, unless you're actively looking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. And so I was telling you, I'm a police officer here in, uh, in San Antonio. Yep. Um, and a class fell into my lap to teach policemen, the entire department actually, about wellness. And so I draw a lot from you and from things that you've taught me. And um, 
you know, that's, that's some big advice is to be able to say, Hey, um, I don't know these things. These things are going to happen. Um, and to be able to draw from life experiences, um, it's been just, yeah, it's been a, a huge learning experience for us to, to go through this together. And then to say, Hey, you're not going to get training in this. No one's going to teach you this unless you reach out and grab it. So yeah. we've been, yeah, we've been super grateful to learn that lesson. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's so common, right? Where we go through months and months, if not years of education and training for our vocation. But when it comes time to marriage, like you guys, most people have received zero, right? And so then, you know, it's no wonder <laughs> marriage is so hard. It'd be like, imagine being a police officer with zero training. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It'd be a nightmare probably. Or imagine your, your career or vocation, whatever you do, Don, imagine just jumping into that job the first day without any, you know, training beforehand. So it's a huge issue. You know, I think a lot of couples, they have unrealistic expectations. Like we can just step right into marriage because love is supposed to be automatic and easy. And they really don't know what they're doing because they haven't gotten the, re- the training. Absolutely. And um, even the premarital counseling, that's something we talked to with our oldest son. Like that's um, no way around it. That's happening when that time comes. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Absolutely. And we will gladly pay for all that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's see, number three, what's the toughest thing you faced in your marriage and what lessons did you learn? Oh my gosh. The tough one. There's a, there's, there's a lot. Um, But again, just thinking about this one ahead of time, I said, for me personally, this seemingly insurmountable amount of resentment, that I had built up felt like something looking back on it was something that I didn't think I'd ever be able to get over. I mean, I was so dug into my way is my way. And this, you know, was all about me, me, me. Um, that was really tough because as I was worried about me, 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 I pushed away from us, us, us. Um, and it got, that was a, a huge task. Um, to be able to look at my wife and say, okay, wait a second. How can we, how can we heal this marriage together? How can we get over these resentments? How can we draw closer and become a couple, you know, truly a couple. And all the things that come from resentment, the, the anger, the, um, what that mean words, um, not being able to see your spouse for truly who they are. Um, you know, there's so many good things about us and we couldn't see that because of so much resentment we had. Um, we could do so many great things and the resentment was, it, it was bad. And so I really appreciate what you say on your podcast, you know, you can't love someone you resent and that couldn't be, um, that, that's so true. That's so true. Um, that right there just spilled and, and it was held on for so many years. And to be able to talk about resentments, to me that was, and I think a lot of couples do that, they just don't talk about it. I felt like, oh, if we just don't talk about it, it's gonna go away and it, and it doesn't, it just gets bigger and bigger and grows legs and you know eats up your marriage, truly. Yeah, um, yeah. go and, ahead. And so, you know, when recognizing what these resentments are, because there were feelings that I had were like, oh, he, he, he hates me. I didn't really use the word resentment. I didn't quite know what, um, 
what that was or how deep someone can, uh, how long someone can resent someone. And it, it went on for most of our marriage. And so that was really tough. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, resentments are huge. And so your tools are really helpful. And one of them is the, the compassion chart that you've taught us to use, um, how to um, be compassionate to our spouse. Like where were they coming from when they felt that way? Um, so that has helped me work through resentments with my husband. Yeah, so the compassion chart for everyone listening. So the compassion chart is where you you try to understand all the variables that may have impacted your partner's hurtful behavior to you. And so it's not a way to excuse your partner's hurtful behavior, but just to understand it in the broader context. And so it starts with what are the things my partner went through growing up that may have influenced their hurtful behavior to me? And then you think about what are all the things in their circumstances that may have influenced their hurtful behavior to me? Then number three is you think about what are all the things that perhaps I did that may have contributed to the hurtful behavior, even if I didn't mean to. And then fourth is what are the things in my history that might be influencing how I'm reacting to the hurtful behavior? Um, so that's what Don's referring to with the compassion chart. Yeah, so the compassion chart usually changes that resentment and the blame feeling in your heart from like it's 100% my partner's fault down to like 40 to 60%. Um, and that decrease is the increase of compassion is what that is. And that's where research shows, you know, compassion promotes forgiveness. People get so stuck on resentment and they think it's as easy as just forgiving, you know, but it's not. It's so much more complicated than that. Um, but if you can cultivate some compassion for what got your partner there, um, that tends to help a lot. Yes, I, I was guilty of that. I didn't uh, allow Mike to... Um, bring to service what was resenting, uh, what he was resentful for. It was just bad communication, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought like time, as time goes by, you know, clearly, you know, or surely he'll forget about this. And, and, and it didn't. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we were able to have that, um, that breakthrough. Sure. Um, sure. What helped you, Mike, on your side to work through the resentments? Oh, geez. Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll in almost a year ago to the day, um, my wife found out about an affair I'd had, um, just being completely transparent. Um, and let me tell you, when you're there, completely stripped, vulnerable, um, I, I was lost. And I knew one thing for certain, I had to have my family. Like whatever I had to do, I had to have this, I had to keep this together. Um, I could not fail. And so for me, um, that was that moment. Like, what, it's time. What are you willing to do? Put pen to paper. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Um, I had to really dig into what was making me behave the way I was behaving. And it was resentment. And it was hurt that I had. And then it was, okay, this is what we have. And then drawing her in, what resentments do you have? That was huge. That was a huge hurdle to get over. Like, how are we going to come together? How are we going to fix this together? How are we going to work through each other's hurts? And then going further and further back, 
because um, as you start to dig in, you start to see this is absolutely tied into my upbringing, my childhood, how I received love, how I was taught to process my emotions as a child. We didn't know any of that. Um, and that was, that, was a, that was my moment. That was when I said, okay, I got I to gotta get rid of all this stuff. I got to get rid of the baggage because it was just too much to carry. Um, and I'm super blessed that, you know, we were able to work through that and we're still working through that. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. A fair recovery is a long process, um, with a lot of potholes along the way. Absolutely. Um, Don, what was it like for you? What allowed you to give Mike another chance after the affair? Um, it was actually the first time that I saw him, I, I'll use yeah, the word vulnerable. He, um, I had not seen him like that. He just, he would have this look in his eye where he just didn't, he, he didn't seem, he, he seemed unhappy or unkind or mean or angry. And that was just gone. And it was different. Um, and I told him I would be there to work through things that we were going through. Um, and wherever that led, it led. But at that moment, my intentions were this marriage is over. <laughs> um, and then I just kind of, he slowly built up trust in how he was going to handle himself. Um, and and I, I'll, I'll just don't forget that look in his eye that it was that anger and that meanness, it was, it was gone. Um, and so I thought, let me, let me see what, what he has here. <laughs> um, okay. yeah, and he's, he's been, he's been really good and it's been good learning together also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's been a journey and it's been hard, but it's definitely worth it. We've learned a lot about each other, um, about ourselves, you know, and how we contributed to pains in our, um, in our marriage. Sure. Sure. So it sounds like you guys had some perhaps dysfunctional patterns for years that led to resentment and then a crisis and then out of the crisis, a lot of work and healing and effort has gone into your relationship. Yes. Absolutely. And honestly, without the crisis, I don't think I'd have him right now as he is. Um, that I don't, I don't foresee that happening. I, I thought he was going to, you know, age and die mean and angry and a resentful man. Um, and that's quite sad. That was quite sad for him to watch him, you know, be that way in that state. Sure. Sure. Um, so. Okay. Thanks for sharing that guys. That's such a, <laughs> speaking of vulnerability, that's very vulnerable to share that your marriage went through that. I appreciate you sharing that. Yes. yes sir. So number four, what's helped you stay in love or fall back in love in your marriage? It's definitely a fall back in love. <laughs> uh-huh. Tends to be that for long-term marriages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been nice because we've, you know, since we've had this, we haven't had this like loving relationship for a lot of years because of anger, resentment and all those things. Um, so just again, learning from you, you're filling up your love buckets, um, doing more fillers and drainers definitely help. Um, we had to learn what that was because sometimes he'd do things that they were nice things, but that's not what filled me. <laughs> um, so having that conversation of what actually, you know, fills us. Um, so that's it. That's for me, a big one, fillers and drainers. Um, 
uh, being in tune to each other's needs. Um, I love learning together. We read to each other all the time. Um, we give each other's, you know, feedback. Um, we said we would read, you know, a book every year. Um, and so we're coming up on a year. So we're going to read another book. Um, being, an, being intentional, being curious about him and myself also. Because um, there's a lot of things I didn't know that I liked. <laughs> and so, what's, um, what's one top thing you didn't know you liked about Mike? Um, him taking charge of... <laughs> <laughs> of things I tend to want to control everything and um and plan things on the planner and so kind of stepping back and letting him do those things um I, I really like that because he's actually he's actually a really good planner <laughs> and um so yeah those are things I didn't think I can give up was that control part of me and you know letting him take over that yeah kind of sharing power yes yeah <laughs> Okay, good. What about you, Mike? Uh, geez, for me, one one word, a big word, is intentionality. Every single day, you have got to wake up and be intentional with your spouse. It's not good enough to do it for one day or two days, um, and inevitably you get comfortable, and then you just kind of forget until the next thing happens. Like, this is something that every day I wake up, um, we start our day in prayer. We hold hands. We look at each other in the face and we connect on a spiritual level. Um, and I know she values that. I value that. So really being intentional with her and then honestly being intentional with myself, um, starting to take that role like, OK, how can I how can I lead? How can I be part of this family? Because I was a very passive man, passive husband. Um, and it got me nowhere. You know, um, she values that. And I had to figure out what she valued um, and just really dig into her and learn her um, and be intentional. So that that for me, that was the big one. Intentionality every day. Do something in the smallest ways. It doesn't have to be something grandiose. It can be just the smallest thing. But just to show your spouse, hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you because it may not necessarily be something that you love and enjoy. But if it fills them and if it's how they receive love, um, then it's absolutely valuable for forwarding the marital relationship. So being intentional with her, for sure. Sure. Yeah. The famous uh, marriage counselor, John Gottman, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Of um, he, he talks about doing small things often. Mm-hmm. Yes. How, how power, like good marriages are built on doing small things often. Absolutely. Every single day for me, small things. Yeah, that is. Yep. So what, speaking of, go ahead, Don, were you going to say something? We've gotten so good at it. It's almost like we're in competition with each other. You know, who's, who's going to do the, the next big, small thing, you know? Yeah. Um, It's interesting you say that because I interviewed a couple from England about a year ago and that's exactly what they said, that it turned into a competition to see who could out love the other one. Yeah. 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 That's kind of what we're doing. That's amazing. That's awesome. So what's what's your, speaking of fillers and drainers, you know, that's the love bucket model, which I'm, I, that's my favorite uh, model, one of them. Um, what's, what's one of your top fillers, if you guys don't mind sharing, that you've learned about yourself that you need to feel loved and satisfied? Um, for me, I need touch. I need uh-huh. to be um, engaged with 
uh, in, like physically. Um, and I always thought, I don't need that. I don't love that. And again, I came from a very abusive home. So um, physical touch was something like, I, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. Except I did want that. Um, and that fills me when my wife just reaches across, she puts an arm. When we're driving, she puts an arm on my shoulder. Um, when we're laying in bed, she'll just, you know, touch me. Um, I absolutely have to have that. And I thought I didn't need that until I started getting it. And I was like, wow, this is huge. I really love this. Yeah. Super. What about you, Don? For me, it's um, like all the the little ways he tries to make my life a little bit easier, um, whether it's getting up and making breakfast or taking care of, you know, lunches or, you know, anything with the kids and, or making a garden for me in the backyard um, because he knows that's going to make me happy. Just all those, those little things. And he's really, and it doesn't have to be anything big or expensive. So he used to think that, that, in, and although those things are nice sometimes, um, I, I like that I'm thinking of you things. You went somewhere and you saw something and uh, you thought of me. Um, and he's really good about, even if he goes to HEB, uh, you know, bringing me home some flowers or just anything to put a little smile on my face. Or yeah. So thoughtful gestures. Thoughtful gestures. Nice. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Last question. So what final pearl of wisdom would you like to share with other couples? Um, I have, a, I have a few. One is um, never stop expressing gratitude to your spouse. Um, even in the, just any little thing. I, I know sometimes I would, um, I would think the things that I was grateful for, but I never expressed them to him, whether it was, yeah, getting up early or making breakfast or taking out the trash, just saying thank you for, um, uh, you know, letting him know that I see that he's doing those things. Um, so expressing gratitude is a big one. And I, I have another important one. It's knowing that marriages go through seasons. Um, that was that was a big one. All, you know, you hear people say marriages go through ups and downs. There's good times and bad times. But what really, I don't know, what does that mean? But seasons, you know, I can relate a little bit more to. Um, and knowing how you're contributing to the season that you're in is, is huge. And you don't have to stay there. Um, work on getting out of those Season. Yeah, that's the hope of the seasons model, right? And yeah. that's by Gary Chapman. He wrote a whole book on the seasons of marriage. Um, yeah, because it helps you put things in perspective. Like, oh, I, we're in a season. What season is it? And how do we get here? And how do we get to the next one? Yeah, um, yeah it's a, it can really change your vantage point when you mm -hmm. think about marriage in terms of seasons. Mm -hmm. um, good. All right, Mike, what about you? Um, for me, I would say um, one and you said it in a podcast very recently, you can't love someone you resent. Um, if there's resentment, if there's hurts, if there's any kind of passive aggressive behavior, like you're falling behind, start digging into those, figure out why you're doing that. Figure out how to fix those hurts as they come, because we hurt each other every single day in the smallest of ways and the small ways turn into these big ways. Um, Next thing you know, you're, you're in the winter season and you don't know how to get out of it. Um, that's, that was huge. Um, and then um, being intentional every day. I said that earlier. Intentionality every single day. And then one final one um, is I feel like men, this is man specific. Um, men need to learn to lead from the front. 
they need to lead spiritually. I think we need to lead emotionally. I think we need to lead in all the ways that a man should lead um, in this kind of society where it's almost celebrated, like ask her, she wears the pants in the family. Um, let her do it. Oh, my wife will figure that out. Um, that is not an acceptable role. And men need to really start um, picking their, pulling their boots up and like really figure out how to lead from the front in all ways um, so that the house can thrive and function. So what does it look like for you, Mike, to lead emotionally? Um, to be able to maintain, um, to be able to emotionally regulate, like in a healthy way. Um, when something comes up, like really stop and say, wait a second, why is that hurting me the way it is? Um, because these things happen where you kind of want to, you're shocked. Um, but being able to say, wait a second, why am I feeling this way? Is this real? And then saying, what is my contribution to the way I'm feeling right now? Is this reality? Or is this just my, my past creeping up? Because it never goes away. You don't ever just forget about it. Um, it's always with you. So leading from the front, leading emotionally for me looks like being able to um, fix things as they come. And being able to do that not only with my wife, but also with our, our boys as well. Yeah, it sounds like what you're describing is learning to get in touch with what you're feeling and why is a huge step that a lot of men in particular perhaps don't do as often as they should. Yes, sir. Right. Whether they ignore it or they go do a hobby instead or whatever it is. And women can do this also. But what you're describing is there's a lot of men in particular who maybe don't spend as much time as they should trying to understand what they're feeling, where it's coming from. Is it constructive? Is it destructive? Articulating it. Yes. Um, so that is what you're describing. It sounds like for leading emotionally. Yes. And, and just being able to be vulnerable to all members of my family, not being afraid to say, Hey, I'm sorry. I really messed this up. This is how I contributed. Um, now I want to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of you guys. You're doing amazing. It sounds like, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you've learned a lot. It sounds like you've been through, you know, ups and downs, you've been through in the hell hole. Um, and now you're on the rebound, right? Like you're nice to be on this side. Absolutely. I mean, when you're down the trenches, it's a horrible place to be. It is. Um, and you guys have really put in the blood, sweat and tears to get you to where you are. That's what it sounds like. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Good. All right. So we're going to end with a we're in love screen. This is Mike and Don been together for 21 years. Is that right? 21, yes. 21 years. They've been down to the crisis. They've rebounded. They've fallen back in love. So whenever you're ready, guys, go ahead and do a countdown and then we're in love scream. Three, two, one. We're, we're in, in love. love. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. What a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for listening to the Mayor Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And if this podcast has had a positive impact on you, I would love to interview you like we just did Mike and Don. So if that's you, be sure to email me. It's info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you neglect it and deprive it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.